Good morning. Good to see all of you. I have today a sermon from the Word of God. It's actually a sermon from the Sermon on the Mount. So if you have your Bibles, whether it be phone or a paper Bible, would you turn to Matthew chapter 5? We're going to look at verses 5, excuse me, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. And I have a subtopic I want to tell you what I'm going to talk about. So the overarching series is the Sermon on the Mount. And today we're going to look at specifically a phrase. And this concept, this phrase concept is in the New Testament. Are you ready for this? 80, 80. It's in the, it's in the New Testament 80 times. And the, the word is used 150 times throughout the New Testament. And so today what we're going to talk about is this phrase called the kingdom of heaven. It's a central theme to what Jesus talked about, the kingdom of heaven. Today's title is The Kingdom of Heaven, and I have for you today a sermon that is going to have three points, uh, which I know you like and appreciate. It keeps things organized, and each one of the points are going to be questions, a question about the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to start off, I'll, I'll tell you right now what point one is, so you can get ahead of the game. Point one is, what is the kingdom of heaven? And I'm going to start kind of ground level, talking about what the kingdom of heaven is. I almost named this sermon, I didn't, but I almost named the sermon, The Kingdom of Heaven for Dummies. (laughs) Remember those books all through the 90s? Like, I remember people seeing those books, like, I'm not getting that book. I'm not a dummy. And then there was other people, apparently a whole bunch of people, because the book series did really well, that were like, actually, that's a really good, I would like to get that one. Like, I don't know where this one's going to start, but I'll start with this one. So I am not going to talk to you as if you're dummies. I'm going to talk to you and explain things really well from ground level. And we're going to move on from there. And the sermon, I I hope, I pray in a good way, will be challenging to you. So we're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven today. As we're reading through, there's two places we will see that exact phrase. I want you to say back kingdom of heaven as we are reading. So let's practice. Kingdom of heaven. Good job. All right. Would you stand if you're able? We stand as a way of kind of quieting ourselves and and, and just uh, centering ourselves on scripture. This is Matthew chapter five, verse one. First, there's kind of a preface. The setting is this. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Get ready. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, and there's a whole bunch more here. Blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are meek, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, they will see God. Blessed are those peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And then blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Get ready, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then it says, blessed are you, this is verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Christ, you are in our midst and and Lord, we open our hearts to you. We pray that you would open our minds to receive what you want us to receive about what the kingdom of God is, about your kingdom, about the kingdom of heaven. 
So Lord, we thank you for this time to reflect on your words. Lord, we pray that, that Lord, if, if you aren't here, if you're not the sinner right now of this moment, if you're not in this place, if your spirit isn't speaking to us, then Lord, honestly, we're wasting our time. But Lord, we pray your spirit here. We, we ask you, Lord, may we learn from you, be guided by you into all truth. Lord, we pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated. The point, uh, first point of this sermon, point number one, a question, like I told you, it is, what is the kingdom of heaven? And maybe already some of you are like, wait, is there, is there a difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God? Or if you just say kingdom, is that all the, kind of the same thing? And for the purpose of this sermon, I think there, when, when we look at the different gospels, it seems like those phrases are used kind of synonymously. So if I say kingdom of heaven, I mean kingdom of God. If I say kingdom of God, or if I just say the word kingdom, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, what I'm about to define. And so if we're going to define what the kingdom of heaven is, we first need to kind of break it down and say, well, what's a kingdom? What's a kingdom? Do we live in a kingdom? No, we have like a president, but he's not a king. And we have branches of government and we don't, we don't live in a kingdom because there's no king at the top. Other countries have kings, but, but we don't. And so the idea, at least in my mind, is somewhat kind of foreign. Like I had an idea of what a king was when I was a kid. Can I tell you a story? So, so back in my day, and I can say that now because I'm, I'm 40-something years old. Uh, my wife and I just celebrated 16 years of marriage on Friday. Thank you very much. And so I could say the phrase. Some of you could say it better than me, but I could say it. So, so back in my day, when I was a kid, uh, this was right before like video games. Can you imagine? Anybody, kids in here? Can you imagine a day before video games or phones? And the only entertainment on Saturday mornings was... Cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons. But what happened at lunchtime? They stopped and there was nothing. You couldn't like watch anything else. Like there was, there was nothing to do. So back in my day, we would go outside. Can you imagine the difference of the, of like what, what kind of world this was? We go outside and we play in the playground. There was other kids there and some of the older kids had this game and I don't know what it was called, but it was basically like the oldest one was the king and you had to do whatever he said. Like he was just make up rules and if you wanted to play, well then you had to do what he said. So he's like, hey, go get me some candy. And so if you're like, well, I guess I'm playing this game. So you, you go back and you go to the house and you get candy. You bring the kids some candy. It's like, all right, this is a fun game. And then and what else? And so he would just basically boss around the other kids. And then people would take turns being the king. It was a really bizarre game. And if you were good, if you, like, uh, like if you did something that entertained the king, then he would say, come, join my throne. And you, so he got, you got to join the king and you got to boss the other kids around. It was a really bizarre game, but I remember playing it quite a bit. And so that's my idea of a king, like someone just bossing everybody around saying, hey, go get me some candy. I want some candy. Hey, you got some, you got some coins? You got some coins? Give me your money. Give me. And so you just give the king whatever he asked for. And so that's my image of like an earthly king. And I still kind of have this image. Is anybody else with me? Like you have this, like when someone says a king, a king, like what you think about, what does a king do all day? You have this image of just him sitting around. Maybe close your eyes. Here's the image of, of an earthly king, at least in my mind. Uh, a king sitting around, he's got like a, a uh, 
<laughs> a turkey leg in one hand. He's eating it. There's gravy dripping down his chin. He's sitting in a big fat throne and he's got like pools and gardens. And he just like opens his mouth and these servants come running over and like dangle some grapes and he eats the grapes. And it's this image of just like doing whatever you want, luxury. You have all, everything you could ever imagine. It's the life of a king. That's what I imagine. Are you okay now? You can open your eyes. And, and so that's what I imagine. I don't think any of you closed your eyes, by the way, which is okay. Well, well, well. Um, so, this king, like that's the image I have of like a king in a kingdom. And, and so if you're around the king, you get to like be around him. You get to have a turkey leg and maybe pet his uh, pet tigers or something. And like that's the image of an earthly king. Is that the image of the king of the kingdom of heaven. No, that's not, that's not the image. And I think some people, to get serious for just a second here, I think some people think, oh, when you become a believer, when you enter into the kingdom of heaven, well, then your life is gonna be perfect. Like you're gonna have tigers and you're gonna have a turkey leg and gravy dripping down your chin and you just open your mouth and someone runs up with grapes. And you, you maybe, uh, maybe not that, I'm still being silly, I guess, but you have this image of like when you're a believer, when you're a Christian, well then luxury and the blessings that flow from that life are ones of just privilege, of ones of earthly pleasure, of ones of just living it up. And I think the kingdom, if you have that mindset, I'm going to kind of change things up. I think Jesus changes things up. I'm going to preach a message from what he says here. And Jesus, in his kingdom looks very different than the earthly king I just described to you. The definition, if you're wanting a definition, and the answer to the question, what is the kingdom of heaven, is this. So if you're taking notes, write down just a simple phrase, God's rule and reign. So that's the answer. What is the kingdom of heaven? If, you, if you're uh, coming in here and you're like, yeah, we're, we talked about the kingdom of heaven, and someone says, well, what is it? That would be a simple, quick definition. Well, it's God's rule and reign. And, and you're like, well, what do you mean by that? I, I mean, well, he's in charge. And it's this phrase, I'm sure you've heard it in the Lord's Prayer, where we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That the things that we, we, we would say, oh, God's in charge of heaven. And he's also here and he's now and he's in charge of everything. And so God's kingdom is, is recognizing and, and knowing God's full rule and reign, both now and yet to come. So here's another image for you. If you want to close your eyes, you can. Um, but here's another image, uh, one of Jesus. Jesus, as a king, I picture him with a sword. He has a sword because he's almighty. He's sovereign. He's, in, he's all powerful. And, and instead of... Um, uh, or like robes of, of luxury, he's wearing white, uh, this symbol, this metaphor for holiness and purity. Instead of eyes looking out for entertainment, he instead has eyes of love and kindness. Instead of bossing everyone around, the image of Jesus throughout the Gospels is him healing people, is him lifting up others, is him going to those that we see in the Beatitudes, like the poor, like the ones who are mourning, like the meek, like those hungering and thirsting, like those who need to be filled 
the Lord is coming into their lives and he's lifting them up. He's showing them mercy and kindness. That's the image of the king of the kingdom of heaven. It's a very different image, isn't it? Than, the, than an image, at least in my mind, of an earthly king using his power and wealth and resources to, to be entertained and to lift himself up. Instead, the king of the kingdom of heaven is one who constantly goes lower. He's the one found washing feet. He's the one found touching a leper and praying over a leper. He's the one found spending time with the, the poor and the weak and those that are in need. So to review here, what is the kingdom of heaven? Well, it's the true king ruling and reigning both on earth and as it is in heaven. So point two is this. We've already said what the kingdom of it, what the kingdom of heaven is. Point two, which isn't a point, it's really a question. We'll answer this question in this sermon. Who is the kingdom of heaven for? Who gets in to this kingdom? Who's invited, in other words, is, is probably a better way to say it. Who's invited to this kingdom? Is it some sort of a membership? Like we, we kind of do memberships. Anybody remember Sam's Club or Costco? Those big families, I see your hands, good job, uh, saving money. How do, how do you get a part of that club? How do you, how do you enter in and get all the, 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 the little samples that they have and the, and the $2 hot dogs and the, and the, and the rotisserie chickens? How do, you, how do you become a member? You pay for it. Yeah, you got to pay your dues. What happens if you don't have the money for the dues? Like, get out of here. You know, you're not a member. You can't be a member of Sam's Club. You got to pay the dues. So uh, who's, who's a part of the kingdom of heaven? Do you, is there some sort of, maybe not money to pay, but is there some sort of thing you have to pay to be a part of the kingdom of God? Or maybe it's like a, a nightclub. I've, I've never been a nightclub scene person, but, but I've seen enough movies to know that people wait outside really fancy nightclubs and there's like a bouncer at the door and he's basically just telling everyone, no, you can't come in. It's like, is your name on the list? No, get, get out of here. You nobody from nowhere. What's your name? No, you're not. Get out of here. You're not on the list. The, the club is too nice for you. You know, you're get out of here, you kids. You can't be here. And then someone pulls up with like a Ferrari and an Armani, and they just walk right, oh, pardon me, let me undo this little thing here. Please, sir, ma'am, come right in. And it's like, why does he get to go in? Well, because he's somebody. He's got status. Everyone knows him. He's famous. He's rich. Is the kingdom of God like that? You gotta, you gotta know, you gotta like, uh, you gotta have status. You have to have fame. You have to, you know, waltz in. Is that what the kingdom is like? Or is it more like a family? You have to be born in. If you don't have the right last name, then you don't get in. If you do have the last right name, then you, is that what the kingdom of heaven is like? I have another one. What about uh, like a sports team? I played soccer in high school. Uh, it was quite a large high school. Quite a, uh, quite a few guys tried out for the boys varsity team. And I would say maybe a quarter of them, a quarter of all the tr kids trying out got in. And the coach for like two weeks went around with a clipboard as we practiced and would write down things and, and, and get to know the different players and who was doing well and who needed to not make the team. And then the, there was posted on the coach's door, like who made the team? Is that what the kingdom of God is like? Like trying out and, and kind of proving to, to everyone or to the other members of the kingdom that you are deserving of being in the kingdom of heaven. Is that what it's like? Let me tell you the answer to this question. The question, once again, is who is the kingdom of heaven for? And the answer I want to propose that, that Jesus says is everyone. 
all are invited. Even those that, that are humble. Even those that are poor. Even those that are insulted. Even those that, that you couldn't get into a club. You couldn't make a soccer team. But the kingdom of heaven, the invitation is for you and me. It's for everyone. I wrote this down. Who's invited? I, I wrote down, even those that are not, that they might be those that will be. Who's invited? Well, even though the, the, the have-nots, the nobodies, even those that are not, that they might be those that will be. Think about who Jesus is talking to. Last week, if you were here last week, uh, I, I talked about the setting of the Sea of Galilee. I showed a picture of when I got to go to Israel, and it was a picture of me pointing to the Mount of Beatitudes. And when I was in Israel, I learned something that, that I didn't really, I was like, wow, I was really surprised that around the Sea of Galilee are all these springs. And our tour guide was going on and on about mineral springs. And I just kept asking a whole bunch of questions because I'm from Manitou. And we call Manitou, Manitou Springs. Why? Because they're springs and they taste delicious. And if you don't agree with me, get out of here. They're, they're awesome. Um, anyways, the, the mineral springs. Why did people come here? Do, do, do you know a little history of Manitou? In the 1800s, people with tuberculosis, uh, it was a deadly disease. They didn't know the cure. The cure now, we know just a little bit of antibiotic will do the trick. But back then, they didn't know. And the idea was if you came to somewhere like Manitou, you could have fresh you know, mountain air and you could drink the mineral springs, and enough people must have got healed because word got out, and people rushed to Manitou as, as a last saving ditch to, to, to get healed. And did you know that the Sea of Galilee, the surrounding region, has a whole bunch of springs? And it was known, like Manitou, as this place that people could come to and get the, the mountain air and drink of the mineral springs and get well. So it kind of answers that question. If you ever like, like wondered, like when Jesus is walking around from like town to town, like all these sick people are coming out and they all want to get like, where are all these sick people coming from? Well, this area, this region was known as an area where sick, pe sick people would come and get well. People that had no hope, people that were, were dying, people that had leprosy and were outcasts, they could come to Galilee in this region for some amount of hope. And Jesus is speaking to these people, the, the people that gathered, the crowds that gathered. He's speaking to them and saying, blessed are the poor. For, the, for yours is going to be the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the, the ones that are hungry and thirsty. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those that are insulted. Because theirs is going to be the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is speaking to the ones that are not. That they might be the ones who will be. So, so what is the kingdom of heaven? I'm kind of reviewing now, going back in this sermon. Point one was, well, what is it? And we said, well, it's, it's when God himself, Jesus, we believe Jesus is fully God. We believe it's when he rules and reigns and he's a good, merciful, wonderful king. And to be in this kingdom means you're, you're under the authority of this good, loving, awesome king. And so, so who, who can get in? Who, who's invited into this kingdom? Well, everyone. And so here's now the third question, the third point of this sermon. Well, how, how do we enter the kingdom? If everyone's invited, well, how do we get in? How do we enter the kingdom of heaven? Is there some sort of tryouts? Is there some sort of scale where in the cosmic morality, like the good deeds and the bad deeds are weighed 
and your life is you know, either found wanting or, or you're okay. You can come in. You've done enough good deeds. Is that how it works? Or is it like uh, some sort of video game? To, like, to win the video game, you've got to level up and you've got to do all these things. Is, is it like the how do you get it? If everybody's invited, how then do you get in? And Jesus answers this question in a way that it's about to turn the whole thing on its head. If, if you're wondering, that, if you're thinking, yeah, how many good things, you know, you're comparing yourself to other people, you're comparing your life and wondering about the good things and the bad things that you've done. Jesus turns that whole question on its head. In Matthew 5, verse 20, Jesus is, uh, this is still the Sermon on the Mount. This is, uh, there's Beatitudes, and then next week we're going to look at this passage where Jesus talks about anger and resentment and even murder. He talks about um, that, and then he gets down to, I think, answering this question that people must have had. You're, You're talking about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, how do we get in? And he says something here. Maybe you're already reading it, and it is fascinating, and it is ridiculously challenging He says this, the Jesus' own words, Matthew 5, 20, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees (coughs) and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And in those days, the, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they were seen as the religious professionals. They were the ones that could pray. They were the ones that were in the temple. They were the ones that spent all their time. That you think about a disciplined life, a lifestyle of following the, the the rules and decrees that God has. These were the people. The teachers of the law weren't just following the law; they were teaching the law. Maybe some of you have someone in your life that you look up to. It's like, oh man, this person is disciplined. They are. Uh, they're 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 always serving somewhere. They just have a holy life. They're reading scripture. They know scripture. We all have someone that we can look up to and say, oh, that, that person, they really have it going on. They're, they're, before God, they, they, they're really holy. And I look up to them and everybody looks up to them. And imagine Jesus telling you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of, of these very religiously right people, then you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And that must have just shook the ground around these people. This, like, what do you, how can that be? How can our righteousness be better than the best? Like these people have it all together doing all these things. And the, how, how is it? How could my righteousness ever even compare to them? Yet alone, what's the word he uses? Surpass those of the religious leaders? How could this possibly be the answer for you? To, to give you really good news. Did you know that that word gospel means good news? And the whole idea of what Jesus had to say and why he came is good news. Because what I just read doesn't sound like good news, right? I mean, I'm sorry, what? How righteous do we need to be? The, the, the more righteous than the righteous ones? Like the ones that have it all, the ones that are teaching the law? We have to be better than them? How can that be? Well, we are made righteous by his grace. By his mercy. And so the good news here is that your righteousness can surpass the Pharisees. Because it's God's righteousness upon us. His goodness upon us. His righteousness inside of us. And what we need to do is to come to him. To ask. To seek. 
and to knock, and then the door will be open. You know that the Sermon on the Mount is, is three chapters. It's, it's quite a bit of, of text. It's the largest of Jesus' teaching, the most robust of Jesus' teaching, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And I imagine towards the end of this talk, people are dumbfounded. Like he's saying so many things that are like this just seem backwards. Like blessed are the poor. Like why would, uh, why, why are they blessed? Or your righteousness must surpass those of the teaching, uh, doing the teaching of the law. How, what is all this, Jesus? And towards the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, we look at Matthew chapter seven, where Jesus gives us some insight into what we must do. And here is what he says. Matthew 7, verse 7. Jesus tells us, ask. Ask. If you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, and we all know that our righteousness cannot surpass the, the best of the best, at least those who we think are the best of the best. So how do we enter the kingdom of heaven? We ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, here's some good news. If you knock on the door of the kingdom of heaven, guess what will happen? The door will be opened, is what Jesus tells us. So think through this. Like many of us, want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We, we have read, many of us have read or have these images from the book of Revelation about golden streets and a tree with life and streams and there's no tears in heaven. Do you remember that part of that verse, the description of heaven? Satan, all evil is bound up and the evils, the injustices of this world are all put away. Jesus says, in my father's house are many rooms, and I'm going to go there, and I'm going to prepare one for you. And if this wasn't so, I, I would tell you right now, but it is true. The image of the kingdom of heaven, the, the one that we're waiting for, the one that is here already, God's kingdom is with us. We could be a part of his kingdom here and now, but we're also waiting. The, the kingdom is yet to come. It's already and not yet. It's already and it's will yet to be as well. So Jesus paints this picture of the kingdom of heaven. If you want to come into the kingdom of heaven and you know that your righteousness is, is probably before him unrighteousness, that your righteousness could never compare with, with other people's righteousness. If you're humble and honest and you're some of the people found in the Beatitudes who are poor in spirit, who are meek, who are humble, who are, have their eyes upon the Lord, if you find yourself in that category, well, guess what? The good news is that you can ask, you can seek, and you can knock on the kingdom's door. And guess what? The door will be open to you. I think about us coming to a, a door of the kingdom of heaven and think through... Um, you know, someone showing up with like their resume, someone showing up with uh, the badges that they've earned, spiritual badges, things that they've accomplished in this life, maybe awards or trophies, and we're, we're, we're standing at the door screaming to, to, to let me in. Do you know who I am? 
<laughs> Do you have any idea of these awards? Look at this resume I have. Look at all these people. Look at all this stuff. I, you know, I've, I've been serving you, God. Is that how we enter the kingdom of heaven? Is that, is that? No, that would be ridiculous. Instead, we knock humbly. And the good news for all of us in here is that the door will be open to us. I want to invite you to stand with me this morning. The, the band can come up. They're going to lead us in one last song. We're going to say together uh, a prayer of confession. It's, we'll say it. We'll, we won't just say it. We will pray this prayer in unison. And then, Natalie, if you want to come up, Natalie, at the end of this prayer, is going to lead us to the table. And some instructions for you uh, is that we have uh, elements, that these cups in the baskets near your chairs. You can get them out and make sure people around you have them. And we celebrate a table at New Life Manitou that is open to anyone. I just said, who's, who's invited to the kingdom of heaven? I said everyone. And this is the Lord's table. And so if you believe in the Lord, if you, if you would say, I would like to stand at the door and knock, and I would like to go in through that door, and I would like to sit down with the Lord at his table, well, then you're invited. So would you, with me in unison, would you stand and um, say this prayer with me? It's a prayer of confession. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbor as, as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. I can't think of a better visual of the kingdom of heaven more so than the table of the Lord, where it is an open invitation to all who call him Jesus to come and to dine. And so however we come this morning, he promises us that he sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies, that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. And so as you prepare your elements this morning. Let's go to the table together. It was on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he was handed over to suffer and die, that he took the bread and after he broke it, he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body that has been broken for you. Take and eat. And as you do so, do so in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together this morning. And it was on that same night that he took the cup and he said, this is my blood that has been poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Take and drink. And as you do so, do so in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. Can you just begin to thank him? Just like we started, would you just begin to thank him for an invitation to the kingdom that is here on earth right now. That's not something we have to wait for. It's not something we have to work for. The kingdom of God is here amongst us today and we are 
active participants as the family of God. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for the holy invitation to partake with you, God, not just today, but every single day. God, draw us to the table of the Lord into relationship with you, not because we're perfect, not because we have it all together, but because you call us your sons and daughters. For surely goodness and mercy is going to surround us every day of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.